What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Prescribing Truth. I'm Jamal Ben. If this is your first time watching the show, please subscribe if you haven't already. And hit that notification bell on the side so you can be notified when I have new and upcoming content. If you're listening to this on various podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitch Radio, Google Play, and the such, please, please subscribe to those as well. And also, you can leave a review. I enjoy reading those. I really get encouragement from it. So please leave a review really helps me out a lot, and I really appreciate that. Um, you can also contact me at uh, prescribe.truth at gmail.com, or you can call in at 801-980-6333. If you like what I'm doing here, if you want to support this ministry financially, you can do so by partnering with me, joining us, and joining the great community we're building over there on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribe truth. You see it scrolling at the bottom there. Also, it's in the description. Um, what I'm working on right now is... I'm I'm doing my best, trying my best to re, uh, move my location of this setup to a, a room I have, I want to get fixed up for this particular setup um, here in my home. Right now, I mean, <laughs> you may not can't tell because just a brick wall behind me, or is it? But uh, it's a, a backdrop. And I'm in my dining room, and um, we you know trying to work on getting this room this room in the back uh, fixed up there's some things i have to purchase or supplies or whatnot and um and, and i'm that's what i'm currently raising money for now so if you'd like to support this and help help me out in that way i really appreciate it um that um that will go forward in helping me um do my live streams a lot sooner than i do and um and you know some other videos i kind of want to do too it just give me that freedom to do so and so i'm just really looking for support there and i really appreciate it if not i appreciate your prayers um this is a recorded session I, as you i don't know if you could tell um i got the do-rag on today I, um it's a pre-recorded session um i haven't been feeling well for the past couple of days been dealing with strep throat and my you know, temperature i've been having like a fever and everything else it's, it's been a it's been a rough couple of days um but I'm here. I'm feeling better now. And I was like, well, I know I wasn't going to be in time to do the live stream. So this is a pre-recorded video for you all. Um, trying to continue on the series. So I'm recovering, you know, but I am feeling well. Um, you know, I was just like, hey, you know, I got a do-rag on and everything else. But, hey, I'm going in and I'm going to record this content. So, you know, drink it in. Just just drink it all in. All right. So we're going to be continuing our um, discussion. And we finished up two series on Martin Luther King Jr. and his views on communism and, and uh, the deity of Christ and so on and so forth. So we answered the question, why not Martin Luther King Jr.? All right. Now we're going to go into why these people, why these certain people. And the first on our list is Martin Luther. Now, I'm now if you got any more issues with Martin Luther that I don't really know about, really, please comment and let me know. Uh, send me some links and stuff like that. Uh, the the biggest thing I hear from people is that Martin Luther was anti-Semitic. That's what I normally hear, and I'm like, okay. And a while back, I had a discussion with a friend of mine, and he he brought this up, and he was like, man, you y'all how y'all roll with um, Martin Luther? He was anti-Semitic and all that stuff, and and I asked him, well, what did he say that was anti-Semitic, or what did he do? And he was like, he said he want to burn people's houses and burn their houses down and all that stuff like that. Because they're because they're Jews, just because they're Jews, and I'm like, I said, man, that's kind of messed up if that's true. So let me go research it, and so I did research it, and what I found out was actually not what people were making it out to be. Um, he, he wasn't anti-Semitic at all. He was basically just anti-Judaism. 
you know, now I still don't wouldn't agree with his methods per se, but uh, you know, I mean, I just, I just want to stand for what the truth is. Is it true that Martin Luther was anti-Semitic? And I want to be able to demonstrate to you guys, go ahead and give a spoiler, spoiler alert that he really wasn't. Um, and I'm going to, we're going to prove from the works that people quote from so much. I looked it up and thankfully um, Google has it on where you can actually pull it up and preview the pages where that quote is. So uh, that, <laughs> that just worked out just fine. I didn't have to buy the book. Um, I was going to buy the book, but I'm glad I didn't have to. So we're going to look at that together. All right. And um, with that being said, if we can just jump on into it, please feel free to leave me comments. Like I said, if there's anything else about Martin Luther that you want to throw out there, please send it to me. Other than that, this is going to be a quick series on Martin Luther. I mean, one video, knock down, drag out. I'm I'm good for it. All right. So let, without any further ado, let's jump right into it. So what I did was I went to Google and um, typed in Martin Luther and uh, talk about this um, uh, anti-Judaism. And they gave me options. Um, they gave me the title of the book on the Jews and their lies. That's the title of the book. And so here on the search, I typed in burn because I know the quote was that he said he would burn their houses and so on and so forth. So I typed in burn and I hit go. So they gave me all, the, not all the pages, but they gave me a few pages where this is mentioned, where burn is mentioned. And you see, he says, um, peace, presence to offer burnt offerings to burn cereal offerings. Well, that's not what we're talking about. We're trying to see what they come out burning synagogues and stuff. Well, this is where one of them is. And there's another one up here. Um, yep. Here's one. And let's see. And here's another one. And those are what we're going to look at today. All right. Because the other ones are just talking about stuff dealing with scripture. All right. So. Did Martin Luther call for the burning of Jews' houses because they were Jewish? Let's look at that, all right? So we're going to do the first one, which is here. And we see just on the preview, um, it says, Let them wander back to their country, to my Jews. Let them wander back to their country, be ignorant and blaspheme there as long as they can, and not burden us with their wicked sins. So this has nothing to do with them being Jewish. He's talking about their Judaism. He's he's really showing a lot of frustration about what they teach, and they've been converting. They've been trying to convert Christians, and I was like, yes, they've been winning. They've been converting Christians over to Judaism, and Martin Luther's like, he's not having it, you know. And so this is what he's he's talking about, like man, burning synagogues. So he says, but what will happen? Even but what will happen if we do burn down the Jews' synagogues and forbid them publicly to praise God, to pray, to teach? To utter God's name, they will keep. They will, he said they will still keep doing it in secret. So he's, you know, he's talking about burning the synagogues. Not right here. He's not talking about houses. Now it does mention talking about their houses, but not because they're Jews. He basically wants to run them out of town. He, you know, it, and he. But it's also some some redemptive stuff in this too. Like he even talks about like, and I, and I say redemptive, trying to be very slight here, but he he even offers that they can be converted to christianity and therefore stay you know so basically that's what it is like you be a christian you stay you're not a christian you go and you gotta keep about the time frame here this is back during the time when people were being burned at the stake for preaching blasphemy i mean i mean come on i mean that was i mean that was a lot of this kind of stuff going on back then for teaching false doctrine heresy if you will 
So this is not a, this is you know this, I can be thankful that he didn't say burn them. Like I'm sorry, you know I can be thankful that he didn't say you should burn all the Jews at the stake. Like no, he really just called them to hey go to their own country, tell them to go on back to Israel, go on to Israel and worship there. Don't come here, you know. Let them go to their own country, you know. But right here we're trying to we're worshiping Christ, you know. So anyway, let's click on one of these links to one of these pages, and then I'll probably do a back button and go to another page. All right, because we're going to give this some time. So we're going to do the first one as I already started on. I'm going to click on that one, let it load. And there we go. It was right here. So let's get some context here. Um, let's go to this first paragraph. This is, where I, this is the paragraph where I actually started. So this is the full paragraph. And it says, to be sure, they did not know at that time that it was God's word. But now they have been informed of it these 1,500 years. So he's, he's talking about their whole history here. They have witnessed great signs, yet they have raged against this, and because of it, lived in such exile for 1,500 years. All right, let, let them even now hear and believe it, and all will be simple. If they refuse, it is certain that they will never acknowledge it, but are bent on cursing it forever, as their forebears have done for these 1500 years so we christians who do acknowledge it cannot tolerate or take upon everlasting ignorance and blasphemy in our midst so this is not dealing with race let's go ahead and clear that up his frustration now one time in all this you mentioned him talking about well we, i can't stand the fact because they're jewish in and of itself they're that's their race their ethnicity like no this is not a racism here this is strictly going against religion this is straight just anti-religion well anti-judaism <laughs> that'd be correct not anti-religion anti-judaism and so this is what that is and he says they're blaspheming and he's saying christians we can't tolerate this blasphemy no more you see them preaching in the streets you see them converting other christians we can't stand for this let's go we need to, we need to get rid of them and that's what he's calling for he said we can't take this blasphemy in our midst he says let them wander back to their country be ignorant and blaspheme there as long as they can. So he didn't, he's not calling for them to be burned at the stake. He's not calling for anybody to kill them, to lynch them, to any of that stuff. But they need to go back to their own place. you know, And, and they can blaspheme all they want there. And then it says, and not burden us with their wicked sins. But what would happen if we do burn down the Jewish synagogues and forbid them publicly to praise God, to pray, to teach, to utter God's name? Now you say, like, what is that, man? Like, why are you going to tell them they, they can't pray publicly? Well, think about it. If Jews don't worship Christ, they worship a false god. You know, they've, given, they've been given the signs, but if they don't acknowledge Jesus as Lord, then they're worshiping a false god. You know, they're not worshiping the God of the Bible. You know, they're, they're missing the point. And so we'll, they, he says they will still keep doing it in secret. So, like, you can forbid them. He's saying, like, what's the point of forbidding them to do this stuff? You know, you burn down the synagogues and then you still and you still forbid them to do that stuff. What would it happen? They'll just keep doing it in secret. So he's like, what good is that? He says, if we know that they are doing this in secret, it is the same as if they were doing it publicly. For our knowledge, excuse me, for our knowledge of their secret doings and our toleration of them implies that they are not secret after all. And thus our conscience is encumbered with it before God. So he's saying, like, if we know they're doing this, if we know they're even doing it in secret, and we know that they're preaching and teaching this false doctrine, even in secret, they might as well be doing it publicly. 
And therefore, we as Christians, our conscience shouldn't be shouldn't be okay with this. You know, that's what he's saying. And, and before God. So let us beware. In my opinion, the problem must be resolved thus. If we wish to wash our hands of the Jews' blasphemy. Oh, oh no. They, he said Jews' ethnicity. He said the Jews' race. The Jewish race. No, he said the Jews' blasphemy. All right. And not share in their guilt. We have to part company with them. Well, man, that's that's sounds like what Christians are supposed to do with those who call themselves brothers in Christ, yet live in unrepentant sin. You part company with them. That's not anti. That's not being racist. That's you know doing what you're supposed to do. He says they must be driven from our country. Now, instead of just like not having a dinner with them and eating a meal with them. Martin Luther wants to take them out the whole country. Like, can you imagine being in the United States and the Christian Christians getting together and say, um, which like Christians are a minority in this country, by the way, and it's going to make that clear. But if, if we were the majority in this country and you say, and we said that you can't live here, like you can't even be in this country. If you're not a Christian, that's what kind of was like Martin Luther's doing here. Now be thankful. That's not the case with us today. Like, I mean, if you're, I mean, you, we're here, even in our own cities, there are a, a, a lot of religions in our city. You got Jehovah's Witnesses, you got Mormons, you got the the Muslims, uh, atheists, agnostics, and whatever case may be, teaching their false religions. And I, yes, I said agnostics and atheists are religious, yes. But they're teaching their own things, and, nobody, and Christians aren't calling for them to be exiled out of the country. You know, we want them to be converted and changed. You know what I'm saying? And then we still sit with them. You know, but for the purpose of hopefully to evangelize them and to win them to Christ. And if they don't, we still don't cause them call for them to be exiled out the country. We just, you know, we don't condone what they do. But anyway, that's that. And it says, um, let them think of their for of their fatherland. Then they need no longer well and lie before God against us that we are holding them captive. Nor need we then any longer to complain. That that they are burdening us with their blasphemy and their usury. This is the most natural and the best course of action, which will safeguard the interests of both parties. But since they are loath to quit the country, which that basically means they hate to leave, they're not going to want to leave. They will boldly deny everything and will also offer the government money enough for permission to remain here. I mean, these Jewish people. They're going to do what it takes to stay. Like, whatever we try to put up for them to have to go, they're going to they gonna put more and, and be able to stay. It says, woe to those who accept such money, and a curse be that money, which they have stolen from us so damnably through usury. They deny just as brazenly as they lie. And wherever they can secretly curse, poison, or harm us Christians, they do so without any qualms of conscience. If they are caught in the act or charged with something, they are bold enough to deny it impudently, even to the point of death, since they do not regard us worthy of being told the truth. In fact, these holy children of God consider any harm they can wish or inflict on us a great service to God. So you see he was being very sarcastic, these holy children of God. Indeed, if they had the power to do to us what we are able to do to them, not one of us would live for an hour. Oh, oh man, probably right. 
But look what he said. So really, you see there's a majority and a minority culture. And in this area, this time, I'm guessing and uh, that wherever Martin Luther was living at this time, he wrote this, he, there was majority Christians. You know what I'm saying? He's telling, hey, they, well, I just want them to leave the country. But he said that if, if it, the roles were reversed, not one of us would live for an hour. That means he, he believes the Jews would actually kill them for being Christians. But since they lack the power to do this publicly, they remain our daily, uh, uh, they, re they remain our daily murderers and bloodthirsty foes in their hearts. Their prayers and curse, curse uh, furnish evidence of that, as they do the many stories which rel relate their torturing of children and all sorts of crimes for they, for which they have often been burned at the stake or banished. All right. So let's let's read that again. All right, says so basically says they if they since they can't do it publicly, they don't have that power, they basically hate them in their hearts. So the Jews hate the Christians really in their hearts. He says their prayers and curses furnish evidence of that. So they, they are praying against Christians, they're cursing Christians. He said, as do the many stories which relate their torturing of children and all sorts of crimes for which they have often been burned at the stake or banished. All right. So it says, um, yeah, we read this last paragraph here, and we'll go back to the next line. Ooh, I mean, he, he goes in on them here. He says, therefore, I firmly believe that they say and practice far worse things secretly than the histories and other record about them. Meanwhile, relying on their denials and on their money, but even they could deny all else, they cannot deny that they curse us Christians openly. Not because of our evil life, but because we regard Jesus as the Messiah. And because they view themselves as our captives, although they know very well that the latter is a lie and that they are really the ones who hold us captive in our own country by means of their usury and that everyone would gladly be rid of them because they curse us. Everybody would be gladly rid of them because they curse us. They also curse our Lord. And if they curse our Lord, they also curse God, the father, the creator of heaven and earth. Thus, their lying cannot avail them. Their cursing alone convicts them, so that we are indeed compelled to believe all the evil things written about them. Undoubtedly, they do more and viler things than those which we know and discover. For Christ does not lie or deceive us when he adjudges them um, to be serpents and children of the devil, that is, his and all his followers, murderers and enemies, wherever they find it possible. Ooh. Now he says, this is, this is my last program read on here. He says, if I had power over the Jews, as our princes and cities have, I would deal severely with their lying mouth. They have one lie with, with which they work great harm among their children and their common folk, and with which... They slander our faith so shamefully. Namely, they accuse us and slander us among their people, declaring that we Christians worship more than one God. That, oh, so they mean these Jews are going against the belief of the Trinity. You know, they keep saying they worship three gods when they really worship only one God. It says here, they vaunt and pride themselves without measure. They beguile their people with the claim that they are the only people, in contrast to the Gentiles, 
who worship no more than one God. Oh, how cocksure they are about this exclamation point. All right, so that's he's going and he's finna go and he, you know, he goes into a rant, a long rant dealing with them. This is a book about his rant against the Jews anyway. So I'm not going to read this whole thing, but that's interesting, y'all. There's nowhere in there, you, you let me read that. Nowhere in that is that talking about racism when he's, when he's given that. Nowhere there. All right. So let's go to the next line. Uh-oh. Go forward again. Maybe go back to the book. Here we go. Go to preview. That's how I did it. Pull it up. Go to preview. Touch the book so you get to see me go through this again. Well, I got it here. There you go. All right. All right. So the next one, Um, this next one here, it says we shall set fire to the synagogues and schools. And to bury and cover with dirt whatever would not burn. All right, so that was that word there. Now, let's look at the top here. This begins. And we'll read this in context. All right. So as you can see, so far, no racism here. Not anti-Semitic, anti-Judaism. There's a difference. Because if you say anti-Semite, that's against the ethnicity. If it's anti-Judaism, it's against the religion. So one is racism, one isn't. Truth lies. I'm gonna come on now. All right. What shall we Christians do with these rejected and condemned people, the Jews? Since they live among us, we dare not tolerate their conduct now that we are aware of their lying and reviling and blaspheming. If they if we do, we become sharers in their lives, cursing and blasphemy. Thus we cannot extinguish the unquenchable fire of divine wrath of which the prophets speak, nor can we convert the Jews. With prayer and the fear of God, we must practice a sharp mercy to see whether we might save at least a few from the glowing flames. Now, like I said, he, in my opinion, he's just, he was a little like over the top with this. Like his heart is that he wants to convert them. He wants to, he wants to make their living in that country so difficult. Like they want to convert. Like, cause they're, you know, this Christian country, well, mostly Christian, predominantly Christian um, area. And he's like, hey, I you know, want to make this so difficult for them that they want to convert. That at least that we can that we can save some, convert some to Christianity, you know. But you know, Jesus didn't tell us to go burn synagogues. He didn't tell us to go burn. He didn't I mean he didn't tell his disciples to go burn the Jewish synagogues. Then, you know, he when it, when when that um the temple was destroyed, it wasn't Christians who did it. It was Romans, you know. So I mean, Jesus didn't teach us to respond that way. So in my my gripe against Martin Luther here is just be his methods. Like, dude, like, that's not what Christ called us to do. You know, now that wouldn't make me throw out his whole theological concept because he doesn't deny the deity of Christ. He even makes it clear he's firm to Trinity, which Martin Luther King Jr. did not. He didn't even believe that Jesus was the true son of God. But anyway, like we see there's already a distinction there between the two Martin Luthers. All right. And, but here, just against Judaism, and but wants to save some. He I mean he, he wants to save some from hell. He says we dare not, we dare not avenge ourselves. So it's like this is not about me. He said, hey, I'm not doing this because I'm 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 messed up or I'm mad. I'm I'm doing this to the glory of God. I you know I believe that God will really want us to do this to to burn down the synagogues and their in their schools. You know, for the sake that some will be saved. Then he says. So we dare not avenge ourselves. Vengeance a thousand times worse than we could wish them already has them by the throat. 
man, this is a whole some language here. Now that's that's some real talk. That's real talk. I mean, you gotta if you're an unbeliever, if you have if you have no heart for Christ, you're not you know trusting in the Lord and that stuff, and you living your life in sin and rebellion and all that stuff. No matter what religion you are, if you're not in Christ, then vengeance a thousand times worse than we could wish had already has you by the throat. And he said, that's what's about the Jews. So it ain't about me wanting to get at the Jews because they're Jews. He's like, man, God's going to do far more worse than what I can do. So burning the synagogue, burning a school, you know, that's not, I mean, that's not the worst that can happen to him. Like that, the worst that can happen to him is yet to come in judgment. That's, I mean, that's where he's going with this. And, and that I have to agree. You know, now, like I said, I already said, I don't agree with him burning down the schools and synagogues because that's not what Jesus called us to do. But uh, you want to say, man, like what's worse for them? Oh, when they pass and stand for the Lord, that's going to be worse, far worse than having their school burnt down. Uh, but that's for all of us. You know, I mean, our lives not, may not be what we want it to be, but what can be worse than what we're dealing with is that we spend an eternity apart from God or an eternity in hell, um, not trusting in Christ. I mean, that's the worst that could happen to anyone. He says, uh, first, no, no, we'll go back. It says, we dare not avenge ourselves. Vengeance a thousand times worse than we could wish them already has them by the throat. I shall give you my sincere advice. All right, so he's, he's giving sincere advice. First, to set fire to their synagogues or schools and to bury and cover with dirt whatever will not burn. So that, so this is the reason, so that no man will ever again see a stone, a cinder of them. Like he, he wants to get rid of the memory of Judaism. It's about Judaism, not Jews. Remember, he didn't say burn them. He didn't say get rid of them or like far as getting, killing them. He burned the schools and synagogues. Nobody should see where they teach and worship at because they worship a false god. Okay? This is to be done in honor of our Lord and of Christendom so that God might see that we are Christians and do not condone or knowingly tolerate such public lying, cursing, and blaspheming of his son and of his Christians. For whatever we tolerated in the past unknowingly, and I myself was unaware of it, will be pardoned by God. You know, so there are some things there. There's, there's some, some inkling of kind of works-based deal, like pardon, what do you mean? Like, so are you going to receive forgiveness? Because, you know, like, this is how we receive forgiveness from God. We're pardoned now because we were, you know, not doing right before by allowing them to still be here. But now God will pardon us. Well, in the, in the Christian faith, Christ died for all of our sins, past, present, and future. So there's some hint, you know, there, I guess what people say, he has some hint of still some Catholicism here. But, you know, I mean, to be fair, it's just like I had to be fair in the last video. Like, you know, I was in false teaching, and as I heard the gospel, I still had to go through some detox. So I'm willing to allow Martin Luther some time to detox, regardless of how long that was. I mean, it took a long time. I'm, shoot, I haven't been saved that long. I got saved in 2013, and um, it's 2019. Ooh. Wow, six years. Man, it's like, I mean, half of those years I spent detoxing. Now, I'm pretty sure Martin Luther been saved a lot longer than me um, during his time of writing this, but everybody's time is different where they're being detoxed from. That's why, you know. But anyway, so he still got some, some stuff here. But, I mean, I can say if he said just to honor God in that way, I mean, I get that part. But to be pardoned by God, that's, you know, that's like, okay, there's still some issues of works-based righteousness there a little bit, just a little bit. And then he says, um, what he says, be part of my God. But if we now, he said, but if we, now that we are informed, 
were to protect and shield such a house up for the Jews, existing right before our very nose, in which they lie about, blaspheme, curse, vilify, and defame Christ and us, as was heard but above, it would be the same as if we were doing it, I mean, doing all this, and even worse ourselves, as we very well know. So, I'm going to read the paragraph now. He goes into Deuteronomy, talks about Moses, and so on and so forth. And, oh, no, no, no. I got to read this paragraph right here. I got to read this paragraph. Um, before I get into what I'm going to say. He says, second, I advise that their houses also be razed and destroyed. That's somebody else brought up. They, no, he wanted to tear up houses. So, here we are. This is the point where you talk about their houses. This is where they actually live. All right, so he says, second, I advise that their houses be also be raised and destroyed, for they pursue in them the same aims as in their synagogues. So this is not because, you know, they're Jew, they're just, they're Semitic, and therefore we want to just ravage their houses just because we want to just torture them. No, he's saying they worship at home, too. He wants to get rid of everywhere they worship this false god. That's his idea of this is what he feel like he's doing in the honor of the Lord. And I heard James White say this. On this podcast, and after reading this, I I have to agree with him on this. He says that us today, if we were living back in Martin Luther's time, like he would consider us heretics. He would, you know, like right now, you may be accusing him of being being messed up because he talked about burning down Jewish synagogues and stuff like that. He would look at us like we we lost our rocker. The fact that you live in a city right now, whatever city you're living in right now. There's a Joe Witness somewhere around you. There's a Mormon somewhere around you or temples. Not, I mean, worship areas, not just the person. But there is a, a Joe Witness church. There is a Mormon church. Somewhere you may have a Muslim church, a mosque, whatever the case may be. And you have all these people, these black, you know, so this blasphemous teaching around you. And you're sitting there and allowing them to, to be there. How many Christians are in your city? And y'all can't get together and try to get them out of your city? You're not writing nothing to the newspapers and stuff like that. Now, Martin Luther would see like something wrong with us. He would call us, he would think we were in sin right now. Because he says if we allow them to still be here, and if we protect their right to actually still be here, then we're just as worse as them, and we might as well be blaspheming God with them. That's how he would view us. And just see how the times have changed. Just see, just look at that. You know what I mean? He said 1,500 years. So he, so this is the 1,500s, you know what I'm saying, of this time. <laughs> And don't quote me on the dating. I could be wrong with the dating, but that's, I mean, in his own thing, he said they've been doing this for 1,500 years. So I'm, I'm, count, I'm thinking he's counting from the time of uh, Christ um, or after his resurrection. And so, I mean, that's, you know, that's my thing. So anyway, um, but yeah, it's like here, I mean, man, we, we be like, we be blasphemers in, in Martin Luther's eyes. You know, just like I guess he's a racist in your eyes. But hopefully, if you believe the truth, you know he's not a racist. And hopefully, if Martin Luther will spend a little more time in the world and, and read in the scriptures more and more, he would continue to see that really, like, if, if this wouldn't be a slight on us if they still stuck around. You know, that would be just be more judgment on them for not hearing the truth. You know? Um, but anyway, he says, Second, I advise that the houses be raised and destroyed, for they pursue in them the same aims as in their synagogues. Instead, they might be lodged under a roof or in a barn like the gypsies. This will bring home to them the fact that they are not masters in our country, as they boast, but they are living in exile and in captivity as they incessantly, incessantly wail and lament about us before God. 
Third, I advise that all their prayer books and Talmudic writings, Talmudic writings, in which such idolatry, lies, cursing, and blasphemy are taught, be taken from them. And it says, Fourth, I advise that their rabbis be forbidden to teach henceforth on pain of loss of life and limb, for they have to teach on henceforth, teach henceforth on pain of loss of life and limb, for they have justly forfeited the right to such an office by holding the poor Jews captive with the sayings of Moses, in which he commands them to obey their teaching on penalty of death, although Moses clearly adds what they teach you in accord with the law of the Lord. Those villains ignore that. So he goes on to say that, um, let's see, he says, Fifth, I advise that safe conduct on the highways be abolished completely for the Jews. So, I mean, like, I mean, can, can you hear what he's saying? Like, this is this is what this is why I've always said, like, I found this, I found his ways, his methods, and be kind of like, wow, man, it's out there. Like, that, I wouldn't do that. I don't think that was something that Christ would want us to do. But he was convicted, he was convinced in his time that this is what will, this will, will honor the Lord. He was very sincere with this. It says, Fifth, I advise that safe conduct on the highways be abolished completely for the Jews. For they have no business in the countryside, since they are not lords, officials, tradesmen, or the like. Let them stay at home. I have heard it said that a rich Jew is now traveling across the country with 12 horses. His ambition is to become a kakba, devouring princes, lords, lands, and people with his usury, so that the great lords view it with jealous eyes. Hmm. So he don't he don't he don't like the fact that they how they making money like they not making an honest living in his thing they he's doing it by usury like you know just giving you know, people paying taxes to him giving them money you know all that kind of stuff like that I guess sin offerings I don't know but and whatever that usury is I'm not familiar with the Judaism like uh, Judaism customs when it comes to stuff like that with their priesthood nowadays or in that time in that time frame. Um, then he says, six, I advise that usury be prohibited to them and that all cash and treasure of silver and gold be taken from them and put aside for safekeeping. Now, when I first read this, when I first read this line, I'm to be real with you. I was like, dang, he, he going, come on, that's, that's too much. Like take their money from them too. Now you going to take the money from them. You going to rob them. Like, no, that's, no, that's not what we're supposed to do. And, and then what God said, God said, does not repay, do not repay evil for evil. So if they got their money by robbing people or by usury, then it's not good for you to go and rob from them. You know, still, you I mean, it's good for them to return what they took from people, but you shouldn't rob them. And so, and so when he says this, I'm kind of like, man, what's up? But then he gives his reason. He says, the reason for such a measure is that as said above, they have no other means of earning a livelihood than usury. And, and so I'm like, dang, so you don't want them to have no money to take care of their families? That's all I'm going through my mind as I'm reading this. He says, and by it, they have stolen and robbed from us, and they possess. Such money should now be used in no other way than the following. Whenever a Jew is sincerely converted, he should be handed 100, 200, or 300 forlorns, or forens, I said florins, <laughs> florins. As personal circumstances may suggest. So he's saying, like, so basically, by them making the money that they make or how they make it, they should be taken from them. But they can have an honest living. And matter of fact, if they be converted, 
then we'll give them this amount of money, whatever their circumstances may call for, and we'll give the money to so they can take care of things. So then we'll take care of you, become a Christian, be converted, we'll take care of you, then you can get your honest living and you can work hard like everybody else. You know, and that's what he's getting at here. He says, whenever a Jew is sincerely converted, he should be handed 100, 200, or 300 foreigns, as personal circumstances may suggest. With this, he could set himself up in some occupation for the support of his poor wife and children. So he's actually caring about the children and the wife. He's caring about the family. He's saying, hey, they could convert to Christianity because you're not doing your family no good by worshiping this false god and, and getting your money by usury. You know, saying, no, stop robbing. You're robbing us with your usury. So how about we take that from you? But if you come to be a Christian, hey, we'll give you something to sustain you so you can get you a job and take care of your family. That's what he's saying here. Once again, I, I don't agree with him taking all those those methods, but hey, I mean, he's in his mind, he's feeling like he's actually doing them a service to the honor of God. For such evil gains are cursed if they are not put to use with God's blessing in a good and worthy cause. That's what it says. For such evil gains are cursed. So that they've been getting money the way they've been getting. It's been cursed. So they let, if we take it and we do better with it, hey, we do it, we're using it with God's blessing in a good and worthy cause. I mean, hey, okay. You know, that's I mean, that's it. But I mean, I mean, that's that's it, y'all. I mean, ain't no more, more I can say here. The question that's been been answered already was Martin Luther anti Semite? And the answer is a resounding no. Uh was he was anti Judaism. Now, if you want to ask me, Jamal, do you find anything wrong with what he said there? Of course. Of course I do. Just like if I lived in his day, he would find something completely wrong with me and how I live. You know, the fact that I actually live in a city where there are people blaspheming God and I'm actually not pushing for them to be removed out of the country. You know, he would find something wrong with me there. I find his methods being messed up and too harsh. He would find me to be too lax and being a partaker of their blasphemy. You know, but... So we can we can talk about that, you know what I'm saying, but he's still considered a Christian. You know, like, you know, he said he's doing this to honor the Lord. He still be considered a Christian brother. I mean, his theology was on point too. You know what I'm saying? But see the things that we don't do in practice, like even like right there where he's this this lack of compassion in this way, like that can be worked out by the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And even if he truly even if he still held this to the day he died, say if he still felt this way about Judaism and Jews and their worshiping of this false God and so on and so forth. Say if he believed like that until the day he died. Well, what do we believe the gospel teaches? The gospel doesn't teach us that we got to have right practice to be saved. It teaches that we have to know. We have to right, have right believing. You know, in order to know, in order to be saved, and that right believing is a gift of God. That salvation is a gift of God. Our hearts being changed is a gift of God. And then we're being sanctified, being made into the image of Christ. Is that perfected while we're here on earth? The answer is no. The answer is no. That perfection is not done here. So you can say, well, Martin Luther didn't have right believing, but he had good practice. So you can say, well, not Martin, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King had right practice, but wrong believing. But Martin Luther had right believing, wrong practice. Okay, which one will, which one will damn the person to hell? Which one? Wrong believing? A wrong practice. Which one? I mean, because you could say wrong practice, and guess what? Well, that's all of the world. We're all dead in our sins and trespasses, right? 
But are we saved by works? Are we saved by our repenting and turning to Christ? We're not saved by the actual works of it. We're saved that like when we're born again, we do repent. We do turn from sin. You know, we do. And so that's that's that. But the practice here in Martin Luther was the fact that he wants to burn their school and burn the synagogues and that they ravaged, they raised raised their houses and everything else so <laughs> they could be converted. I mean, I'm just okay. All right, Martin, let's go, let's go back. We don't look at it again. That they that their houses also be raised and destroyed because they worship in them. Wow. So that's what this will bring home to them the fact that they are not masters in our country. Because so, they think they're in this country and they thinking they they on top of the world. And he's like, no, this is gonna humble them. It's gonna humble. <laughs> so yeah, that's it's outlandish. I agree with you on that. Like, man, that's you know, that's too far. But was he still a brother? Yeah, we have to say he was. His intentions meant well. It just, man, you know, that's just a different time. You know, we weren't there. At that time, people were being killed at the stake. You know, you heard him talk about people being killed at the stake and how the Jews took part in killing people at the stake, too. This is what's going on at that time, you know. Praise God for growth. That's why I can say with that, praise God for growth. We don't do like that today, you know. But Martin Luther King, wrong God. Completely. Martin Luther, right God. Completely. So anyway, I hope that's been helpful. I hope you really see where I'm getting at there. Um, like, share, subscribe. Uh, thank you for joining me on this recorded session. Um, I look forward to reading your comments. What do you think about Martin Luther? Do you see that Martin Luther wasn't anti-Semitic? Or do you think he still is? Do you have a quote from the book that actually shows that he was just anti-Semitic against the race? Or do you just see what I've already been showing you that he was just anti-Judaism? What do you think about his his methods? Are, are you in agreement with me that he went a little too far or you think he was right on his time? You know, I mean, what's your thoughts and let me know. But I think I've given a fair assessment of this as far as Martin Luther goes. You know, I don't think I've been biased with him at all. You know, and I mean. I still be consistent with what I said before. It's like when it comes to Christ, he said we must return from our sins and put our trust in Christ. Martin Luther did that. You know, he was a Catholic. He turned from his sins. He put his trust in Christ, not trusting in the Pope and so on and so forth. Nailed the nailed the ninety five thesis and so on. So I mean, he, I mean, come on now. You know, spearhead the um the Reformation. I mean, he, he got a lot of cred on him. You know, but that's not why we push behind him. I mean, that's, that helps a lot. But, I mean, his stuff was solid. Anyway, not going on and on about that. But anyway, I, think this, I don't think I need to do a part two on this unless somebody can bring me something else. And if they do, then I will gladly do a part two. All right? So that's, that's my challenge out there. All right? So with that being said, I thank you for joining me on this episode of Prescribing Truth. Um, I hope my voice wasn't too raspy or my volume too low for you guys today if so i apologize uh, prayerfully next week i have my strength back fully and we'll be right on schedule all right um patrons once again i thank you for your support next week we will resume the po the pre-show and the post-show hangout um that's my plan lord willing we will do that and um other than that man grace and peace and remember this world is full of errors even in the 1500s but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth Prescribe truth, we giving you what the doctor ordered.
Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord servant. We undeserving, but Christ changed our mind frame. In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth.